Due to the extreme nature of this program, listeners' discretion is advised. The subject matters may include topics of substance usage, sex, foul language, and references to historical events that may be sensitive to some listeners. Things discussed may not be considered politically correct in this overly sensitive environment. They may not be appropriate for listeners under the age of 13, as well as some listeners, no matter the age, may find things offensive. Again, listener discretion is advised. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to GXO, another episode of Generation Extraordinary, the podcast nobody asked for, focusing on everything pop culture from the greatest generation ever, Generation X. So if it happened between 1960 and 1999, we're going to discuss it like movies, music, TV, and even a bit of history from that year. Who knows, you may just learn something before it's done. And if you're lucky, this old man may just regale you with a story or two from his own life and experiences. I'm Robert Pop, your host, coming to you from beautiful Podunk, Nebraska. All right, welcome to another episode of GXO, the podcast nobody asked for, Generation Extraordinary. Okay, so today I, I'm going to give you a super disclaimer. This is going to be a topic that is going to or very well could turn your stomach. It's the case of Sylvia Likens. Our destination year is 1965. And I will tell you that this has to deal with not just uh, sexual assault on a child, but it also will result in the death of a child. So if you need to tune in another time, please do. I completely understand. So with that being said, our destination year, 1965. So as always, here's our history lesson, students. So pay attention. You may just learn something before it's all said and done. So we had, as our leaders in the countries, we had in the Soviet Union, Leonid Brezhnev, with them big-ass bushy eyebrows. Uh, we had Lyndon Baines Johnson, or as I like to refer to him as President Douchebag. And then also in the United Kingdom, Harold Wilson was Prime Minister. Uh, there was a lot of shit that went down in 65. So, yeah, just hang on. So, there were the race riots in Watts, California, which... Uh, was a section of Los Angeles. Parts of the city were burnt and 34 ended up dead. Over a thousand people were injured and almost 4,000 were arrested between August 11th and August 16th. That just, ugh. My God. We just, uh, the, the civil unrest in this country has just gone forever and ever and ever and ever. The St. Louis Archway was completed, so there's that. Uh, the Voting Rights Act guaranteed African Americans the right to vote. That became law. Sad news, Malcolm X, black nationalist leader, was shot to death at a Harlem rally. Dr. Reverend Luther King Jr., 
and more than 2,600 others were arrested in Selma, Alabama. That was during demonstrations against voter registration rules. That is such a black eye in our American history. I'm proud of our country, but, ugh, man. Troopers violently confront the civil rights marchers in Alabama. ABC pays an unprecedented $32 million in 1965 for a four-year contract with the NCAA to broadcast football games on Saturday afternoons. Let that sink in. Northeast blackout included parts of Canada and the U.S. Northeast. LBJ announced his program to create Medicare. A investment film, as I like to call them, uh, premiered. That was Dr. Zhivago. And I'm going to tell you what, if you aren't dedicated to it, you're never going to make it through it. The great train robbery, Ronnie Biggs escapes from Wandsworth Prison and flees to Brazil. The respirator replaced the iron lung. So, hallelujah. And notable deaths that year, well, we had a couple of them that that uh, I actually look up to both of these guys. Mr. Winston Churchill and Nat King Cole. In music, the top five songs in the U.S., You've Lost That Lovin' Feelin' by The Righteous Brothers. Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. I don't know that you could have a group called that these days. Yeah. And I'm sure that probably Ray Stevens has heard all about Ahab the Arab a hundred thousand times. Sorry. Soapbox. Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter by Herman's Hermits. I Can't Help Myself, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch by The Four Tops, and Downtown by Petula Clark. Top five songs in the UK, we had Tears by Ken Dodd. Can't say I ever recall that song. The Seekers, I'll Never Find Another You. Ugh. God, I just... I know that a lot of people like these guys. I just would rather beat myself in the head with a brick than listen to three consistent songs from them. The Beatles with Help. Elvis Presley crying in the chapel. And the Hollies were singing I'm Alive. Top R&B songs. One, two, two thousand three by Len Berry. Never heard that song. I like to think that I'm kind of okay into R&B. A Lover's Concerto by The Toys. A Sweet Woman Like You by Joe Tex. Ain't That Peculiar by Marvin Gaye. Hey, we're finally down to the fourth popular song for the year, and I actually recognize that one. And then finally, Black Nights by Lowell Folsom. Can't say I've ever even heard of that guy. Top five songs in the country. Uh, A Picture That's New by George Morgan. A-11 by Johnny Paycheck. Love me some Johnny Paycheck. Artificial Rose by Jimmy Newman. Baby by Wilma Burgess. Before the Ring on Your Finger Turns Green by Dottie West. Love Dottie West. You know, she kind of had a meh career before she started doing duets with Kenny Rogers. But man, I'll tell you what. Once she got with Kenny Rogers, whew, man, those are some good songs. 
On the crime beat, well, we don't have a lot noted here. I've got four serial killers that I have noted uh, that were at, uh, at, at busy getting their things done. The Miami Strangler from 1964 to 1970. He's still at large, or at least we assume. Could be in an old folks' home for all I know. Might be dead. 1964 to 1973, the co-ed killer, Ed Kemper. And we will be doing a special on Ed Kemper just because I feel like he's very fascinating. 1965 to 1966, the Cincinnati Strangler. He's still at large. 1965 to 1966, the Columbus Murders. Still at large. Are they related? Maybe. Both of them are in Ohio. Not too far from each other. So I suggest for a a, uh, more complete information on these killers I've listed in the podcast, find Serial Killing a Podcast. And as I've mentioned many times before, this is probably the most complete podcast about serial killers that I listen to. Alicia Carroll does both an entertaining and informative podcast. You can find her on Spotify and other streaming platforms. However, I'll put a link to her show on my website. In the bookstore, we in 1965, we had some decent books. Uh, in Cold Blood, can't say I ever read that one. Dune, much better than the movie. Much better than the movie either time they tried to make it. Ugh. The Mouse and the Motorcycle, still better than Dune the movie. Fox and Socks, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. One of my favorites, The Odd Couple. The Man with the Golden Gun. That was our James Bond book in the in the uh, bookstores that year. And a Christmas story that we all grew up with. And quite frankly, I love it. A Charlie Brown Christmas. So that story was born in 1965. In the movie theater, we had The Sound of Music with Miss Julie Andrews. Dr. Zhivago, over three hours long. Ugh, yeah. Oh, man, I got to tell you, that is just an absolute investment in that movie. I've watched Lawrence of Arabia and Gone with the Wind, and they're long movies, but at least there's stuff in there that grabs you. Man, Zhivago? I know some people think that it's great. i just not one of them. For our James Bond fix for that year, we had Thunderball, (laughs) probably one of uh, the best westerns uh in a series a few dollars more that was the follow-up to a fistful of dollars starring mr clint eastwood love that movie i don't know how many times i've seen fistful of dollars and the good bad and the ugly the great race starring jack lemon and tony curtis that was hilarious the flight of the phoenix the original with mr jimmy stewart cincinnati kid steve mcqueen was in that by the way I found out many years ago that in my lineage, I was related to Steve McQueen in one way, shape, or form. So the way that it was told to me 100 years ago, my great-grandfather, he was part of a posse that went out to catch a bank robber, shot and killed. Um, uh, Great-grandma McQueen married a McQueen. And... Somewhere in that part of the history uh, and, and the family tree, we're related. I think that's very cool. Cincinnati Kid, by the way, that was about a poker game. Uh, but anything I love with, with Steve McQueen. The Greatest Story Ever Told. 
probably one of the best Jesus movies that you can find out there of telling the story of Christ's life. I love it. Disney gave us that darn cat. Charlie Brown Christmas was, I guess, in the movie theaters as well. And The Collector. I would love to see The Collector redone now in 2023. I think that the the CGI and the shock factors, I think it could be so much more like the book than uh, than what the first two movies were like. On Broadway, Guys and Dolls and The Odd Couple. Uh, that is such a great story that's a it, it turned into a TV show, it turned into a movie starring the incomparable Walter Matthau and uh, Jack Lemon. Absolutely incredible. Love that. Love that. On TV, we were watching Hogan's Heroes. I know nothing. Days of our lives were uh, were first getting out there on TV and they've been going like sands through an hourglass ever since. Lost in Space, um that that rotten doctor and that what danger will Robbins danger. Oh god, I hated that fucking robot. The uh, the the remake that they did of that on Netflix, fantastic. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah, they really did that some some justice, where they kind of resurrected, dusted it off, and said, "Hey, we're sorry about that movie with Joey from Friends." God, that movie sucked so freaking bad. Da 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 da. Hey, that would be the Green Acres song, and that was being played quite a bit in 1965. The Wild Wild West. No, that's not with Will Smith. I Dream a Genie. Thank you so much for for infesting my dreams, Genie, as a developing young man. Wow. Still, today, 185 years old, she still looks damn good for that age. Really does. That girl... Big Valley, get smart. Would you believe it was this big? Loved Maxwell Smart. F Troop, I Spy with Bill Cosby and Robert Culp. The Dating Game, Hollywood Squares, Secret Squirrel, Dastardly and Muttley. And you may or may not remember that cartoon. It was this uh, creepy, snidely whiplash looking dude with a dog that wore a trench coat and they were chasing a pigeon. A pigeon. Lots of drugs. Lots of drugs being done back then. National Geographic specials. The Adam Ant Show. And finally, the Hillbilly Bears. And of course, today's topic. The sad story of Sylvia Likens. So, hang around. I'm not going to have any funny commercials today. Because this story has just really touched me. So... I'll be back in just a few minutes. Hang around. Did you know that even just for a moment, and if the windows are cracked, it is never safe to leave an animal in a parked car alone? Don't let an excuse cost an animal their life. Not only leaving an animal in a hot car leads to fatal heat stroke, it is illegal in several states. We all love spending the long sunny days of the summer outdoors with our furried friends, but being over eager in hot weather can spell danger. 
To prevent your pet from overheating, please follow this additional advice. Symptoms of overheating can include excessive panting, increased heart rate, drooling, mild weakness, stupor, or collapse. Symptoms can also include seizures, bloody diarrhea, and vomit, along with an elevated body temperature well over 104 degrees. You'll want to keep an eye out for these signs of distress, but you'll want to make sure that your pet is properly hydrated at all times. Make sure you give your pets plenty of fresh, clean water when it's hot or humid outdoors. Keep in mind that even if the temperature outside is only 70 degrees, the inside of your car may be as much as 20 degrees warmer. On an 85 degree day, it only takes 10 minutes for the inside of your car to reach 102 degrees. And within 30 minutes, the car's interior can climb from 85 to a scorching 120. So please, as a fellow dog lover, please, if it's hot outside, leave your dog at home. The views and opinions expressed are just that, Rob's views and opinions. He's not always politically correct, and those views may not match up with your own. Please believe me, it is not his intention to offend anyone. Hopefully you find the shows entertaining and informative as well. Please note, Rob is not a professional historian, but he has done a lot of research for this show. With that being said, mistakes happen, but he will do his best to minimize those. Keep in mind, he's just some nut with a microphone. All right, welcome back from that break. Um, thank you so much for staying around through my disclaimer, disclaimers, 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 and other disclaimers. Um, Sylvia Likens. This is a story that I want to impress upon you that the nature of this story, and I am not joking around with this, this involves the sexual abuse of a minor, torture, and mutilation upon other disturbing facts. Please, I cannot express this enough. Listener discretion is highly advised. If you are sensitive to horrific details, please, Shut this podcast off and join me another time. This is not a program for those under the age, I'm going to say, of 18. Because there are some 55-year-olds that I believe that would still be affected by this. So, again, I highly advise, listener discretion is advised from this point forward. Sylvia Marie Likens. She was born January 3rd, 1949. She died according to her death certificate, October 26th, 1965. She was an American teenager who was tortured and murdered by her caregiver. Her caregiver's name was Gertrude Banzinweski, and I probably have butchered the last name. So I'm going to just refer to her from this point and her children as Gertrude or Gertrude's kids rather than trying to pronounce that last name. Many of Gertrude's kids were uh, friends with Sylvia and her sister, as well as many other of the neighborhood friends. So in 1965, 16-year-old Sylvia Likens was sent to a home to the family friend Gertrude while her parents were traveling, but Likens never made it out alive. Sylvia Likens' parents were both carnies and were therefore on the road more often than not. 
And they struggled really to make ends meet as her father, Lester, only had an eighth grade education. And <laughs> Lester couldn't keep it off the wife because um, yeah, they had a total of five kids. Jenny, her mom, was quiet, withdrawn, and she had a limp from polio. You know, there in 1965, there wasn't a lot of options. There just wasn't a lot of options. Sylvia was more confident and went, and went by the nickname Cookie and had been described as pretty, though she had been missing a front tooth. Okay, very long with that. 1965 in July, Lester Likens decided to take up with the carnival again, and his wife was jailed that summer for shoplifting. Sylvia's brothers, Danny and Benny, were put in care of their grandparents. With few other options, Sylvia and Jenny, the girls, went to stay at a family friend named Gertrude Banzenweski. Probably the last time I'm going to try to pronounce that. Gertrude was every bit as poor as the Lycans and had seven of her own kids to support in her rundown home. She made little cash by charging her neighbors a few dollars here and there to iron their laundry. She'd already been through multiple divorces, which I can relate with, um, some of which resulted in physical abuse against her and dealt with a crippling depression through heavy doses of prescription drugs. She was in no condition to take care of two teenage girls, both Sylvia and Jenny. The Lycans, though, didn't think they had any other choice. Lester cryptically requested that Gertrude, quote, straighten his daughters out when he placed them in her care for, get this, $20 a week. Hell, I'd be happy. I'd have been happy back in the day if I'd have been able to find a babysitter for 20 bucks a night. For two weeks at Gertrude's, Sylvia and her sister were treated very kindly. Gertrude's oldest daughter, 17-year-old Paula, seemed to butt heads with Sylvia quite often, though. Then one week, their father's payment came in late. I took care of you two bitches for two weeks for nothing, Gertrude spat at Sylvia and Jenny. She grabbed Sylvia by the arm, dragged her into a room, and closed the door. Jenny could only sit outside and listen to her sister scream. The money arrived the day late, but the torture had already started. Gertrude soon began to abuse both Sylvia and Jenny in broad daylight. Though a frail woman, Gertrude used a heavy paddle and a thick leather belt from one of her husbands, who used to be a cop. When, he was, when she was too exhausted or too weak to discipline the girls herself, Paula stepped in to take her place. Sylvia, however, soon became the focus of the abuse. Gertrude demanded that Jenny join in, lest she take her sister's place as the brunt of all the abuse. Gertrude accused Sylvia of stealing from her and burned the girl's fingertips. She took her to a church function, force-fed her free hot dogs until she was sick. Then, as a punishment for throwing up the food, 
She was forced to eat her own vomit. She allowed her children, in fact, encouraged the children to partake in the abuse of Sylvia and her sister. Gertrude's kids practiced karate on Sylvia by slamming her into walls and onto the floor. They used her skin as an ashtray. They threw her downstairs, cut open her skin, and rubbed salt in her wounds. After this, she would often be quote-unquote cleansed in a scalding hot bath. Gertrude gave sermons on the evil of sexual immorality while Paula stomped on Sylvia's vagina. (sighs) Guys, I'm telling you, this is a sickening, sickening story. Paula, who herself was pregnant, accused Sylvia of being pregnant and mutilated the girl's genitals. Wow. Gertrude's 12-year-old son, John Jr., delighted in forcing Sylvia to lick his youngest sibling's soiled diapers clean. Sylvia was forced to strip naked and shove an empty Coca-Cola bottle into her vagina while Gertrude's kids watched. Sylvia was so beaten that she was unable to use the bathroom voluntarily. When she would wet her mattress, Gertrude decided the girl was no longer fit to live with the rest of her children. And, and And I know you may be asking, why didn't they leave? Why didn't they leave? Keep in mind, This was 1965. We were just starting free love, drugs, anti-war culture, all of that stuff. It was all just starting. This was a whole different world. These were the kids that were the tail end of the baby boomers. So they had a certain level of, regardless what a grown-up said, they did it. So, you just have to kind of put yourself in that mind frame. Thinking what you would do, thinking about what your kids would do. God, I hope you and none of your kids have ever experienced anything quite like this. It just even the fraction of the, the, the horrific things that are going on with this girl. And this is not the worst to come yet. I will warn you right now that that is, that is very true. The 16-year-old girl was then locked in the basement without food or access to the bathroom. Gertrude spread every story she could imagine to get the local kids to come and join in on the beatings. She told her daughter that Sylvia had called her a whore and got her friends to come over and beat her up for it. Later during the trial, some of the kids were open about how, how Gertrude had recruited them. One teenage girl named Anna recalled how Gertrude told her that Sylvia had been saying, quote, She said my mother went out with all sorts of men and I got $5 for going to bed with the men. End quote. 
Anna never bothered to find out if it was true. Gertrude told her, I don't care what you do to Sylvia. She invited her to the home and just watched as Anna threw Sylvia down to the ground, beat her face, and kicked her. Gertrude told her own children that Sylvia was a prostitute. She then had Ricky Hobbs, and yes, I did read his last name because I want everybody to know of this puke. A neighborhood boy and her 11-year-old daughter Marie carved the words, let me say that again, carve the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into her abdomen with a heated needle. At one point, Sylvia's older sister, Diana, attempted to see the girls under Gertrude's care, but was turned away at the door. Jenny later reported how Diana snuck food into the basement in which Sylvia was being hidden. A neighbor who also reported the incidents to public health nurse, who upon entering the home was not seeing Sylvia, because she was locked in the basement, had concluded that nothing was wrong. Gertrude had also managed to convince the nurse that she had kicked the Likens girls out. The other next-door neighbors allegedly were aware of how Sylvia was being abused. They had seen Paula strike the girl in Gertrude's home on two separate occasions but claimed not to report the abuse because they feared for their own lives. Jenny was threatened, bullied, and beaten by Gertrude, her kids, and the neighborhood girls alike, uh, should she go to the authorities. The abuse of Sylvia continued unhindered, in fact, aided by all those around her. I'm going to die, Sylvia told her sister three days before she did. I can tell. Gertrude could tell too. And so she forced Sylvia to write a note in which she told her parents that she'd run away. Sylvia was also forced to write that, quote, she'd met up with a group of boys, end quote, and given them sexual favors. And afterward, they'd beaten her and mutilated her body. Shortly after this, Sylvia overheard Gertrude tell her children that she was going to take Sylvia to a forest and leave her there to die. A desperate Sylvia attempted one final escape. She managed to get out the front door before Gertrude caught her. Sylvia was so weak from her injuries that she could not have possibly gotten too far. With the assistance of a neighborhood boy named Coy Hubbard, Gertrude beat Sylvia with a curtain rod until she fell unconscious. Then when she came back to, she stomped on her head. Sylvia was dead by October 26, 1965, from a brain hemorrhage, shock, and malnutrition. After three months, let me say that again, after three months of torture and starvation, she could no longer form intelligible words 
and barely move her limbs. When the police came, Gertrude stuck to her story. Sylvia had been out with boys in the woods. She told them that they'd beaten her and uh, to death and carved her up to where it said, I'm a prostitute and proud of it in her body. Jenny, though, took a glance, and as soon as she could get close enough to the police, she whispered, Get me out of here, and I'll tell you everything. The police arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Banzenweski, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard for murder. Neighborhood participants, Mike Moore, Randy Lepper, Darlene McGuire, Judy Duke, and Anna Sisko were also arrested for injury to a person. These minors would blame Gertrude for being pressured into partake in the slaughter of Sylvia Likens. Gertrude herself pleaded not guilty for reasons of insanity. She said she's not responsible, her defense attorney told the court, because she's not all there. There were several more children involved who proved just too young to be charged. Ultimately, though, on May 19, 1966, Gertrude was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. She was spared the death penalty despite her own lawyer admitting that, quote, in my opinion, she ought to go to the electric chair, end quote. Good for her lawyer. I mean, everybody deserves a, a defense, but <laughs> let them know where you stand. Paula, who had given birth to a daughter during the trial because she really was pregnant, was convicted of second-degree murder and was also sentenced to life imprisonment. Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, and John Banzenweski were all convicted of manslaughter and were given two to 21-year prison sentences uh, based on the fact that they were all minors. The three boys were all paroled just a year later in 1968. Gertrude spent 20 years behind bars. Sorry, guys. My producer's in here telling me that... Uh, She's annoyed with me right now. Oh, I know. Gertrude spent 21 years behind bars. There was no question about her guilt. The autopsy backed up everything Jenny told the police. Sylvia Likens had died slowly and painfully over several months. In 1971, both Gertrude and Paula were retried to the result that Gertrude again was found guilty. Paula pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 21 years. Sorry, my producer Harley is being very whiny tonight, so I apologize if you guys hear her in the back. Paula pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of a voluntary manslaughter charge and was sentenced to 2 to 21 years. She even once managed to escape despite being recaptured. After about eight years behind bars, Paula was released and moved to Iowa, where she changed her name and became, <laughs> get this, a teacher's aide. She was suspended from her position in 2012 by an anonymous caller tipped off 
the school district that Paula was once convicted of the death of 16-year-old Sylvia Likens. Good. And I'd love to find out what her name is right now because I would call her out. Gertrude was granted parole on good behavior on December 4th, 1985, despite a public petition that had raised over 40,000 signatures to keep her in jail. Jenny and a whole crowd of people picketed outside the prison to protest her release, but it was no use. Gertrude was set free. The only relief Jenny received came five years after Gertrude's release when the murdering bitch died of lung cancer. Quote, some good news, Jenny wrote to her mother with a copy of the woman's obituary. Damned old Gertrude died. Ha, ha, ha. I'm happy about that. End quote. Jenny never did blame her parents for what happened to her sister. My mom was a really good mom, she said. All she did was trust Gertrude. So we already know Gertrude Banisweski died in Iowa from lung cancer, June 16, 1990, at age 60. But here's what I found out happened to the others. Stephanie Banisweski, who voluntarily testified for the state, was granted a separate trial and found not guilty and released. Coy Hubbard died Uh, 2007, June 23rd. Richard Hobbs died of lung cancer on January 2nd, 1972 at the age 21. John Banisweski lived in relative obscurity under the alias John Blake. He even became a lay minister, frequently hosting counseling sessions for children of divorced parents. He died of diabetes complications in 2005 at the age of 52. In 2007, an American crime, it was a movie based on the Likens murder, debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. I've seen this movie, and they really toned it down in comparison to the actual events. I'll talk more about that movie when we come back. Uh, Again, no funny stuff this go around. This is just too sickening. As we move from the spring into the summer, please keep in mind that with high winds and drought conditions, wildfires are a definite threat no matter where we live. Nationally, almost 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. These preventable wildfires threaten lives, property, and our precious natural resources. Whether you're a first-time visitor or a public land pro, you play a valuable role in preventing wildfires and protecting our national resources. Each year, the U.S. recognizes May as National Wildfire Awareness Month, a time when individuals, organizations, and communities are encouraged to consider their wildfire risks and take steps to prevent and mitigate the effects of fires. Please make sure you check these conditions. Check the weather and drought conditions. Build your campfire in an open location and far from flammable materials. Make sure you douse your campfire until it's cold. Keep your vehicles off of dry grass. regularly, Regularly maintain your equipment and vehicle. Practice vehicle safety. Check your tires, bearings, and axles on your trailer. 
Make sure you keep sparks away from dry vegetation. Check the conditions and regulations before you use fireworks or consider sulfur. Check conditions and regulations before you use fireworks or consider safe alternatives. And cautiously burn debris and never when it's windy or restricted. To quote Smokey the Bear, only you can prevent fires. All right, welcome back from that break. All right, so in 2007, American Crime, movie based on the Likens murder, debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. That same year, Star's Home Entertainment released The Girl Next Door, adapted from the 1989 horror novel of that same name by Jack Ketchum, which also was loosely based on this notorious murder. I gotta admit, I have not seen the movie. I'm, I, I'm gonna try to find it. And I have not read this book. So, uh, yeah, bear with me on, on that. So, guys, I've seen the movie with uh, in 2007. And I will tell you that doing this episode, something so, so dark, um, so horrific, is the only word I can think of. It's just not even notorious. It's just, it's just absolutely horrific of what happened to this little girl. 16 years old. Tortured. I mean, there are things that we have heard about that have happened in prisoner camps that weren't this bad. So, as I close out this episode on Sylvia Likens, I would like to just take a moment and just as I close on this episode of Sylvia Likens, I'm, I'm really going to encourage you. Please seek out this movie, An American Crime. It was so good. And it was so horrible. And this is just a mere shadow of what this young girl went through. Maybe we can just pay her a, a little respect by not forgetting what happened to her. We'll see you next time. This has been Generation Extraordinary. The views and opinions are mine and mine alone. Any claims of time travel is purely fictitious. The music and audio clips are not mine, and in most cases were downloaded through my paid YouTube subscription or only used for entertainment purposes. GXO is a production of Popeye Enterprises. Its host, creator, producer, and editor is Robert Pop. Co-producer, Harley Quinn Pop. Special guest voice actress, Ariel Pop. For more information, support or to contact us, go to the website www.genxord.com. Thanks for listening.